Praise God. The Lord is good all the time. So I will pray and then we'll share something from the scripture. And uh, yeah, that will be it. Let's pray. Precious Jesus, we, we are so humbled that you have given us yet another opportunity to look at your word this Sabbath evening. We, we do not deserve everything that you have given us, but we're so grateful because we have you and because you love us so much. So thank you for all the blessings that you have given us. And we pray that whatever we share from your word this evening may stick in our hearts may have an impact in our lives, may give us hope to walk through another week, to walk through a lifetime, because we trust that you're with us. In Jesus' name, I do pray, believing and trusting. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus, to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to that says the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove Him already. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. I have decided to start this, whatever Bible study or sharing, by the conclusion. Oh, by the climax. So you will forgive me because I want to emphasize that it is so sweet to trust in who? In Christ Jesus. We will open our first verse. The book is Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. And, you know, my motivation for what I thought we should talk about this evening is just the state that we are in. The state that our lives are in. Our, our age groups, what we are going through. There's a lot of hopelessness in our world. There's a lot of despair. That's why, is it last week or the other week, Elder Katana mentioned, I saw it on social media, someone committed suicide here. Cindy, yeah, I know students who are despaired here, and there's there a lot of stressors here, right in this institution. And people, you know, um, People are walking, you think people are alive, but they have so much despair in them. If you are to open their hearts, you'll be so shocked at what they have inside of them. They have despaired so much. So this evening, I just want to remind us, and the, 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 the reason why I chose the song that we sang, even if we don't know it so well, is that we have, we have this hope that burns within our hearts. I love it so much, and I love starting from there because if we as Adventists are not hopeful, who in the world do we want to, to be hopeful? There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith, we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. And you know that is the basis of our hope. Amen. That is the basis of our hope. That's why we as Adv Adventists, we have a reason to be peaceful amidst a storm. 
to be happy even when things are not making sense. Because we know our lives don't just end here. We know we are not the controllers of what is happening here. But because we know who is in control of what is happening in Egerton University, of what is happening in our lives. Say amen if you know who is in control. Amen. So Exodus chapter 34 verse 6. Um, this is an encounter between Moses and God. And the Lord passed by before him and he proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God. He is merciful and gracious. He is long-suffering and abundant in goodness and in truth. Amen? You see, sometimes we, we live our lives until we come to a point where we do not even view this God. You know, we don't understand who this God is. But then the Bible says that our Lord God, he is what? He is merciful. Amen? Do you like when someone has mercy towards you? I think, I think, you know, especially when you, when you are the one who is in a mistake and someone is merciful to you, you, you really feel so good. But our God, you know, his mercy is exceeding. So our God, he is merciful and he is gracious. Amen? Amen. And he is long-suffering and he is abundant in goodness and in truth. So I just want you, if you are in your rooms and you, you're not seeing, you know, the way forward, if tomorrow looks so dim, just remember that our Lord God, he is so merciful and he is so gracious and he is abundant in his goodness. Amen? And then another thing that I want to say. Usually, um, even before I, I, I go there, the book of um, First Samuel, chapters, you know, chapters, let me get mine. You can open there from chapters 15, chapter 17. Um, there's, there's a story of, of a man called David. And you know David was chosen to be, to be a king, you know, when he was really young. But then I want to give us a story that you, you're so familiar with. There's a time that kings were supposed to go to war. And one man called David, he remained where? At his palace. And when he was just walking along the balcony, he looked down and he saw a woman, Bathsheba. And that woman was taking a bath. And what have you, and you know the story, it came to a point where now David realized he has made a mistake. And he tried to cover up the mistake by calling Uriah, who was the husband to Bathsheba, to come back from war. Remember, soldiers were at war. And so Uriah comes and he is told to go and sleep with his wife. First day he doesn't go. Second day he doesn't go. And finally, David sends him with his death, death sentence on his hand to take to the, to the general. And so, out of all this, you know, David, David sinned so much, but yet God calls him a man after his own, his own heart. Do you know why I'm bringing this? Because we, we are at a stage, you know, I was so innocent growing up, 
until when when nikifika campus then i noticed kumbe kumbe forgiveness can be difficult kumbe you know kumbe you can there thing kumbe sinning is for real right here in university sinning is for real you know bad things happen can happen but you know growing up i was like hey, as a good christian you just forgive I thought forgiveness just entailed mtu akikukanyaga akisema pole you forgive. I was like what is so hard in forgiving mtu mwenyewe kukanyaga? You know until you come here and someone really messes up with your mind. So David had messed so bad. I'm just saying because I realize we are at a stage where you find that you have messed how so bad. It's possible. I know okay, si nyinyi lakini watu wako huko nje. You know? Unafata you have walked, unajipata uko sleepover place you are not supposed to be. Na we ni church official, inabidi umiamukia saa kumina moja. Si nyinyi, you know, there are people, in fact, especially when wakurudi after lunch. You find you have messed so bad. Hapa ndiyo huja, why ibia mtiani? And then you get munakana mtu tu hapo, anakuambia, anakonfirm. <laughs> I just confirm. Any formation, it's called formation. I'm a, you know, whatever, you, whatever. So you come here, you, you, you are shocked at how you are capable of sinning. I mean, if you've been here long enough, you, you almost identify with me. You are shocked at how bad it can get. And at some point, you, you get to a point where you want to, to despair. You feel so bad. You know, so many people have, have left church in campus because, not because Elder Katana Mumewangalia Vibaya, because they are unable to forgive themselves, so they feel like God cannot forgive them because they have gone so far. There are people who have left church for that one reason. They feel like, eh, eh, I think now I'm pretending. So I'd rather just not come to church. But you know, one man whom God calls a servant after his own heart did so many mistakes. He, he was a murderer, if you'd call him. He was an adulterer. But then, one thing, one thing, I think, one thing that God loved about David was his ability to confess and to come back. To, you know that genuine confession, to be sorry for the sin. Not to be sorry that you were caught sinning. That is different. No, most people, most people here are sorry because they were caught sinning. That's why you catch them, th and then uh, another day they go back sinning. Why? Because they're not sorry about the sin. They just feel bad you caught them. They're not sorry that they cheated in exams. They're just sorry that Mwakenya was found. Ama the phone was found. They're not sorry that they... They were fornicating. They're just sorry that someone found them out. And so they will do it again. So many people are sorry that they were caught. But then David was sorry about the sin that he committed to the core of his heart. And so if you project for me Psalm 51 verse 10, it's another thing that I would like to present to us just in a view to tell you that we as an Adventist should not live hopeless lives because we have a God who is merciful and who is gracious and who is abounding in goodness and in truth. 
Psalm 51, what does it say? Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Amen. I mean, how many of us, is this not our prayer? How many of us are so good? How many of us are so righteous? How many of us have been able to walk so well that we cannot pray this prayer? How many of us feel like we stand so straight with God that it does not matter? Our hearts are just okay. We, we have not been hurt beyond, beyond, you know, beyond what we thought we could be. We, we have not become bad enough that this cannot be our prayer. So I want to present this Jesus Christ to you because he is able to create in us a clean heart and to renew a right spirit within us. And that means that if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. It's difficult. Sometimes it's difficult for someone who, who has who has never seen real conversion to understand what it means. Um, I'm sorry, a lot of my family is here, but I grew up with a father who was really unconverted. I saw my father get baptized at, at from second year, second year. And oh, my daddy is called Simba, and he's, well, at a, I think I'll go a machine that we use Simba. He was Kali. He was he was so bad. But even apart from that, I'm his child. But I think he used to do some really terrible things, which for the sake of the love I have for him, I won't say. But they were really terrible, even for for we who were children who could see. But my father got baptized. And right now we see what we see in the house is really a different man. And I said even if even if I cannot recognize a miracle in my life, when I see my father, I see a walking miracle. Because what he was barely six years ago or seven years ago, and the man he is now are two different people. Sometimes he says things and you are like, are you even the same person who is saying that you remember yourself? Because Jesus Christ, he is able to make a new creation out of us. So, if you're 20, if you're 22, if you're 25, and you find yourself you have gone so far away that you feel you're so unforgivable, remember that Jesus Christ had this man. This man is lying asleep, but he's waiting for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because of this prayer that was so genuine. Of course, I could give so many examples in the Bible. But again, I just, I simply want to present to you this Jesus who in Jude verse 24 does what? The Bible says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I mean, tell me that that verse does not touch you. Who doesn't want to be presented faultless before the Father? It is one of my favorite verses because 
I know my weaknesses as a human being. And every day I feel so down. I just tell God, you are. He is able. He is able. I know he is able. I know my God is able to carry me through. Just sing it. You know, you probably don't understand what I'm saying. But just sing that song. He is able. He is able. I know he is able. I know my God is able to carry me through. Do you believe that? Because if you don't believe, then there's nothing I can do, really. It's only Jesus Christ who can inspire you. I'm just reminding you that this Jesus Christ, he's able to carry us through. Even if we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, our Jesus Christ, he's able to carry us through. Even if we are sinners, he says that he's, he, he wants to save to the uttermost. I mean, to the... any. For example. But God is saying that he's able to save what? To the uttermost. As in, and you know, God is not man. And you you know that person can be saved and you are left just because you didn't even believe that they could be saved. Because God himself is able to save what? To the uttermost. And I'm telling you an example of a man called Manasseh. There was a king in Israel. You should go and check out his story. A man called Manasseh. He was so evil, evil to the extent that he sacrificed his own children. You've heard of that? I mean, uh, I hope I'm not saying too much. He sacrificed, he told his children, he offered his children as a burnt offering to idols. He was so evil. In fact, Manasseh is the man who killed prophet Isaiah. But you know, Manasseh repented before he died. You know, Isaiah will meet Manasseh in heaven and they will not understand each other. Because I, I know Mimi ni prophet. You know, ile, ile situation ya Jonah. I know me many prophets, but this, even this one. So I'm just saying God is able to save what? To the uttermost. It doesn't matter how far you feel that you have strayed. Now God is able to save to the uttermost. Not just saving you and letting you remain there. He's able to carry you and present you how? Faultless. Amen. I mean, as faulty as we are, you just painted the picture of Jesus Christ and he's able to present you to his throne. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And so just my, my final illustration is um, Ezekiel, a story you know so well again. Ezekiel 37. So there's, there's, there's a prophet, a prophet called Ezekiel. And one day he was just, you know, the Lord took him in a vision. Verse 1 says that the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. 
that was full of bones. Usually, I usually say this thing. Um, I'm a medic, and so bones don't scare me so much. I'm not saying I like bones, but they don't scare me so much. Usually, people get they get scared for us. Kai, Kai, Kai. You know. So, and for an African, mark you with all your beliefs. If you are put inside a room full of bones, hey, Johnny Haita Fika. You'll be so scared. Most of us will be so scared. So this, the spirit of the Lord carried this man to a valley full of bones. And it goes down to say that these bones were very, they were very dry bones. And then God tells Ezekiel to speak to these bones and they shall do what? And they shall live. But, uh huh. So Ezekiel prophesied, and the bones came to, to life. But here my favorite part, verse 11. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. We are cut off our parts. I don't know whether you understand the situation. This is what came first. Or rather, the situation here in verse 11 is what came first, even before the Lord took Ezekiel into a vision. The people of Israel, they were saying that our hope is so lost. We feel like we are like bones. Let's read that verse again. Then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Why? For they say, our bones are dried, our hope is lost, we are cut off of our parts. The children of Israel had gone through, through many challenges. I mean, of course, they had also gone through so many salvations, but also they had gone through so many challenges until they came to our parts, they felt like, eh, we think this God used to be there during the time of Abraham, but, that, but our time, this God seems to be a little far. We have hoped they had been into captivity, out of captivity. Into captivity, out of captivity. Until they came to a point, they were like, oh God, we have cried to Meteseka. But now we feel like we have, you know, we have tried to hold on to this hope so much, but this hope is not working out for us. We feel our spirit is so dried. We are like, we are like bones. So God says, so you feel like you're you are like bones. Okay, Ezekiel, come here. Let me show you a valley that's full of bones. And what does he do? He says that prophesy unto the bones, and the bones shall do what? They shall live again. And Ezekiel prophesies, and he says that there was sinew upon sinew. There was flesh upon flesh. There was skin upon you know, everything came upon, and it says in verse 10, is it verse 10? Yeah, it was an exceeding great, great army out of the bones. What was the lesson that God was teaching Ezekiel and the children of Israel at this point? First of all, God identified with their situation. Amen? Um, I mean, sometimes we feel like our situation is too small for God to identify with us. 
the spirit of prophecy says that even if it was one man, even if I was alone that had sinned, Christ would have still come and done what? And died for me, me alone. So it is important to understand that God feels all our fears. He feels all our troubles. He feels everything that we feel, God feels it with us. Don't think that God is too far away. That he cares. That's why in, in, in Revelation, he says that in the new heaven, all tears will be wiped away. That is what he cares that you, you're suffering and you're crying. So God identified with the situation of the Israelites. And I want to think you to think about the situation you're in right now. Is it the exams? Is it, you know, provision? Is it, what don't you have? What are you hoping for? Is it a wife, Paul? I mean, put yourself in your situation. Think about your situation. And, you know, understand that God identifies with your situation, your specific situation. It doesn't matter how many situations I have. Mine don't make God too busy for you. So he said that if you think you are bones, let me show you how these bones live. And he made dry bones into a living army. He says that it means that he got them out of their hopelessness into what will I say now? Into something that is even more than hope. Into a huge hope. Into he restored. He restored all their suffering. And this is the same Jesus Christ that I want to present unto you. This is the same God that I want to present unto you. This is this God who is so merciful and who is so gracious. He is the very person that I want to present to you. So come on, Naskia Igatoni Nawafinya Sana. Let botanical garden not be an option. Amen. And I'm very serious about it. If you need to talk to someone, talk to someone. But above all, talk to God. Because if he has given a human being strength to strengthen you, he can give you strength directly. If you feel things are so difficult at home, maybe things are lacking, maybe parents are fighting, maybe, you know, you have losses here and there, remember to talk to Jesus Christ because he cares for you as an individual. Take him. You know, people... People say that he is my personal savior, but yet we don't even understand what personal is. Personal is as personal as, as my husband is my personal person. He's really personal. He's mine. Huh? <laughs> but Jesus Christ is, is more than personal to everyone. You see the way I take my husband as personal. Okay, many of you are not married, but you'll understand. You won't want to share your spouse with someone else because he's personal. That is the same way we should take this Jesus. We should be so intimate with Jesus Christ because he cares for us and he's going to give us that strength. We are growing up. There's coronavirus. There's a lot of stresses. So many. So many stressors. Until sometimes we are in the church, but people think that drugs are an option. 
We are in the church, but people think that um, suicide is an option. We are in the church until people think that if I can't get, let me just steal something. They think it's an option. Yet if you came to Jesus Christ, he's still going to solve your problems. Yet much more, he's going to give you strength to walk through every problem that you have. So I came here this afternoon to present a Jesus Christ who gives hope to all of us. Amen. Oh yes, he cares, I know. He cares, is that is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares, he cares. So, Psalms, Psalms 50, verse 15. This is my final verse, and I want you to hold on to it. I mean, there are three verses. I have said many things, but there are three verses I want you to remember. Exodus 33, verse 6, Jude, verse 24, and this one. And I want to hold you to hold on to this. Come on, my pick exam room, now Menda, through page one to the last page, and you're seeing nothing, remember this verse. The Bible says, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. Amen? Let me repeat it for those who are asleep. And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. I want you to understand this. God is placing an offer. Now, nani wiki inapitanga ya kosawa, yani yeye na trouble hawajakutana mahali? It's unlikely. So Christ is saying, if in the morning you are in trouble, call upon me, I will deliver you. If in the evening you are in trouble, call upon me and I will deliver you. If tomorrow again, even if it repeats every day, every hour, just call. He has just, it's, hey, I don't know whether you understand. He has just said, call, I will deliver you. That's so great a promise that you should hold on to. Amen. Showers of blessing, showers of blessings we need. Mercy drops round as a fall. Showers we plead. So I will just pray. And then there was given 30 minutes. I hope Zimisha. Um, I hope it's just shikwana spirit sana. Um, but I just want you to remember in all, you know, some of these things, we walk with them through life. If you're in trouble, just call upon the Lord. If you are fallen, just remember that our good Lord, he's able to present you faultless before the crown. And not just present, he's, he's actually able to keep you from falling in that very verse. And if you're feeling that things are not going so well, just remember that our good Lord, he's gracious, he's merciful, he's abounding in grace and in truth. May the good Lord bless you. Let's pray. Father, again, we say thank you.
Thank you because you're our God. Thank you because you care. Thank you because when we trust in you, you show yourself so evidently to us. Father, who are we that you should care for us? But you have loved us so much that you gave us your only son, the best gift anyone could get. Father, there are your children here who maybe things are just not going well for them. But this day they have heard your word, so I pray that you hold their hand and walk with them until they are able to give a testimony that, dear Lord, you are so real in their lives. You're so real in our lives. We want to walk with you and we want to love you and we want to, to just be there as your children, to live in the comfort of your love. Help us. Help our unbelief. In Jesus' name, amen.